Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. What's up, Live Better fam? It is Brett here. Jason will be joining us shortly, and we are here with Ryan from Nude Dude Food. Ryan, you and I have been chatting for a little bit before we got got things started here. Uh, the story is really incredible, and uh, one of the things that I, we were just chatting about just really hit my heartstring because so similar to Jason and I's story about like meeting and how you guys started doing what you're doing. Um, so give us just a little background on what you guys are currently doing right now, uh, and then we'll take a step back and take a step forward as we go through it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for uh, having us. Yeah, it was f- good to finally meet in person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so New Dude Food, uh, we've been in business actually about five years this week, um, but we are kind of a health and wellness brand of private chefs that uh, do in-home private dinners, corporate events. Um, we're based out of Chicago, but uh, I think to date now we've been in like 21 different states. We just got back from Philly over the weekend cooking uh, a private dinner. Uh, but really, it's just about sharing food and sharing an experience with a group of people, whether it's a corporate event or a bachelorette party, a private dinner. We found, you know, through kind of breaking down those barriers that you would see in a restaurant where the chef, you know, maybe isn't interacting with the guests in front of house, um, by us being vulnerable and coming into your home, your Airbnb, uh, it kind of puts us in the forefront. And not only are we cooking, we're serving, we're entertaining, we're cleaning. Uh, it's, it's really a uh, uh, 360 experience, you know, not only the food, but also us uh, entertaining and talking about healthy living and food choices and things like that. So you were mentioning earlier that the name, New Dude Food, obviously you guys are going in uh, with your shirts off, but it has more to do, well, not more to do, but equally at least to do with the food itself and it being uh, in its natural state and all of that. So can you dive into yeah, the for sure. formulation so, of the name? Uh, it started in 2017 and, and through the power of social media and some clever marketing and branding on our part, um, really just came down to... Uh, you know how to get attention on social media. We 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 don't come from a culinary background. I actually was a licensed clinical therapist for about 15 years, working with DCFS, uh, doing child abuse neglect in, investigations. I worked in the juvenile jail um, before making you know a complete career change. But because of that, no one knew us in the culinary world, you know, or in, in restaurants, and so. We needed a way to separate ourselves and really get attention through social media. And what better way than you know a clever, catchy name? But yes, like you said, the nude really plays uh, a role in how we prepare the food. We're 
big proponents of shopping at the local farmers markets or wherever, whatever city or market we're in. We try to source things as locally as possible, minimize our carbon footprint. Our menus are all seasonal. Um, but to drive home that aspect and the name, we decided uh, to cook shirtless with aprons and pants. So we are we are not nude. It's it's very tasteful. Uh, we're again shirtless. You know, it's it's just. It's almost like wearing a tank top on an event, you know, but inevitably, whenever we do events, you know, we, we show up in chef coats and then we progress to this other uniform if the client wants it. We do plenty of events in chef coats, but we really found it as a way to just be a talking point in, in a fun way uh, to talk to our guests about, you know, healthy eating uh, and, um, you know, just living you know living by example like we you know eat and, and breathe what we preach and we're active uh in the fitness world and in in the in the cooking world and so we just wanted to exemplify that image not only with the brand name but also just how we interact on site too when you guys well i know you you have your own individual story but when you guys started new dude when you came from clinical therapy yeah and working in a very different realm. I used to work in tax consulting sure, before, yeah. and Brett was in uh, data analytics and in retail. Um, what was that like transition like? Like, what was what was the big purpose for your switch, and how did you land on food and? For sure. That transition. Well, I mean, for Seth and I, Seth kind of came from a corporate world for a little bit. He worked at the Board of Trade, uh, but then quit to pursue a music career. So he uh, started here in Chicago, cut a couple albums, was on The Voice way back when, um, and then was touring all over the Midwest, playing, you know, college towns till two, three in the morning and just getting burned out in that way. And, And likewise, uh, at the same time, I was about 13 years into uh, my career as a, a therapist and really just dealing day in and day out with just the, the, the hardest cases in the, in the city with abuse, neglect, and it just it really wore me down physically and mentally. Seth was really getting worn down from being on the road, and, and cooking was our creative outlet together, and it was a way that we bonded. It was a way that uh, we could express... Uh, ourselves through food and in a positive way. And so, you know, once we were about six months into, you know, launching on Instagram and slowly doing these dinners, uh, it, it came to a point where we were taking time off from our day jobs to do this, this side gig. And it really kind of clicked in our mind that it was like, you know, this is something that we really want to grow and to do that, we're just, we're going to have to dive in and fully commit. And so I think honestly for both of us, it was a it was a very hard and a very easy decision at the same time. The hard thing was, you know, leaving this corporate world where you have stable income and good insurance and all these, you know, benefits. But on on the other side, you were just you were like a lemming and just going through the motions, and you, you weren't happy. And we both realized that you know life's too short, and you know this thing that we created had huge potential if we really just gave it 100. percent So. We both quit, and yeah, that first year, maybe more so for me than Seth, because he was kind of you know self-employed, doing the band thing for years, and for me it was a big shift, uh, you know, just in being accountable to myself. And now there's you know there's no time clock. It's you know if I want to get the job done, it's me. There's no one else. You know, I'm my own boss. Uh, but that also really motivated us to you know kick it into high gear and really make it successful because. 
again, if, if our heart wasn't into it, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here today talking about it. But again, we, you know, worked hard and we've continued to hustle and we do it every day. And it's, it's, you know, I know people say, oh, you do what you love. It doesn't feel like work. But I mean, it's a lot, a lot of work, but <laughs> we just, really do still love it. And it's, you know, for me now, you know, I always say going into people's homes, they're excited to see me, you know, because I'm there to cook versus, you know, before going to investigate, you know, these harsh times and build rapport in these really tough situations. But at the end of the day, again, like we both, Seth and I came from these backgrounds where we're, we're constantly in front of people, whether it's for, for good reasons, he being the front man in a concert and everyone's, you know, you know, feeding off that energy versus me having to kind of build rapport in these tough situations. It was always about, you know, being in front of people and connecting with the community. Now for both of us through food, what better way? And again, you know, we, we leave these dinners feeling like we're connected and we're friends with all the people we cook for because, uh, it is more than just like a meal. You, you we're sharing experiences and sharing stories around the dinner table, which going way back when we started cooking, that's what really got us passionate about food was just having a meal with friends or family, um, and connecting with that community. What was the first gig that you guys did? Like as new dude? Uh, I think one of the first ones was actually for Seth's cousin in Oak Park. I think we did like an eight or nine course tasting menu, uh, which actually went like really, really well. I still remember some of the stuff we cooked. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, it was for uh, some uh, married couples and, and friends. So we, we, you know, it was a little more lenient. You know, we weren't cooking for like, you know, food critics or anything like that. So obviously they were, they wanted us there. They were super, uh, you know, gave us great feedback. But honestly, that was one of the first ones, at least from my memory that we did, uh, and then from there we started, you know, thanks to social media, getting a little more press and we started doing, you know, some local TV like Windy City Live and The Jam. And, and really when we got more publicity on that end, it kind of just skyrocketed from there. That's awesome. I love the like the duo too is cool. For sure. Um, because that's something that I think is it's I think it's special when you see like friends kind of come together over this like a little bit of a shared passion like. But we didn't really work out together ever in college. No. I don't think we ever worked out once really together before we started the business. Like yeah. our business actually started over food. Nice. The yeah. first project we had was a protein bar. Yep. And we were going through and building that. And I think through just like kind of spending time like bouncing ideas, you see the like evolution of the business start to take on more where you're like, oh yeah, this is what you're good at and this is what I'm good at. Um, and it just like takes on a whole life of its own that you, I, I, I don't know if it wasn't that we were like, weren't prepared for it. I just don't think I was ever like expecting how quickly it was going to be like, oh, we have a, like, this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> business. Like, awesome. this is going to work and we're going to do this and this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing, same thing for us. I mean, our story, uh, we actually met, uh, we're from Peoria, Illinois originally. We met in driver's ed at age 15 uh, where we were behind the wheel together and really bonded over that semester. And then we're thickest thieves ever since. We went to separate colleges, but when we moved up to Chicago, reconnected and were roommates also for 10 years also. So that really helped not only like deepen our friendship, but just, you know, coming home from work every day and being around each other and developing our kind of culinary skills. Uh, but like you said, we're very different people. Uh, and I think that that really helped kick off the brand 
uh, because we do interact so differently. Seth is the you know the front man, the lead singer, loves the camera, loves the attention, uh, which is great. You know, leading a dinner, but also then uh, my kind of background being you know a therapist, I'm way more like let's keep things on track. I, I, I'm more behind the scenes uh, when I when I'm comfortable. Uh, but now as we grow, we we split up and divide and conquer, which is. Also a good thing because then it, it kind of puts both of us in these different roles that we're not used to, um, and, and and especially on the business side too. As we've grown over the years, you know, Seth coming from more of a business background, you know, handles a lot of the accounting side. I do way more of the creative social media side and things like that. But it, we've we've definitely grown not only as a business but as our friendship over the years really finding like a knack for who likes to do what or who's really good at certain aspects of the business as well when you guys have an event say you have an event coming up you know in two weeks what does it look like for you guys like breaking down you're kind of talking about like sourcing and all of that uh take us through event gets booked and how you guys come up with the menu, the idea, what the experience is going to be like, because it's way beyond just what you're serving. Absolutely. Um, how, how do you guys run through that? And then um, also as a kind of follow up, once the event is over, what's your process to kind of go through being like, this went well, we could have done this better um, just to grow. And For sure. Yeah. Be so, I mean, most of our events are on weekends. Again, they're either like celebratory birthday parties, bachelorette parties, corporate events, Uh, But really, we're working, you know, as a small business. And like you guys, like, there's no time clock. You're working every day, you know. So um, our our typical week maybe, let's say, really starts on a Tuesday where we start sourcing ingredients. Tuesday, Wednesdays are big shopping days. And so um, it's a little harder in the winter months getting, you know, fresh produce and sourcing ingredients. But in the summers, we're, we're huge fans of the Green City Farmers Market. So that's usually... We'll hit that on Wednesdays in Lincoln Park. Um, you know, depending on what the menu is, we may go to like a seafood market or a meat market. So I, I, I think people don't really realize, you know, we're not just going to one grocery store and getting all our shopping done because we really want to keep it, you know, focused on the ingredients. So maybe, you know, the best carrot is at this farmer's market, but the best protein is somewhere else. And so we're really constantly running around, maybe doing five, six different uh, grocery store stops in a day or two. Uh, but again, that's what really we want to keep, you know, important with the brand is we're not like cutting corners We're you know, and, and being a small business we're we're not, you know, sometimes in the summer, if it gets busier, we'll get some shipments from a farm or something, but you know, most, for the most part, we're handpicking every single thing we're, we're cooking, which, which is great, you know, uh, but also very time consuming, you know, as we grow, I think we'll try to streamline that a little bit. Uh, and speaking of the menu, that's, that's one way we've progressed over the years. When we started the business, we were just winging it. We were like, you know, what do you want to cook? Every weekend we were, we were asking the client what we want, what they liked, what their inspiration was, um, which was great. But also we were just running around with our heads cut off because we just, you know, food cost was really high and it just wasn't sustainable uh, for us to cook a brand new menu every single week. So uh, what made more sense and what is, is way more logical is to have like seasonal menus. So now we do... We're kind of coming to the end of our winter menu, uh, which we have like a four-course option, a six-course option. But within those 
dinner options, there's still uh, per course like a choice that you get. So the client, we, and we still talk with them. It's still like there's no, you know, it's not ever like this is the only thing we're going to cook you. Uh, you know, we always are taking into consideration dietary concerns, any restrictions, but that has helped us kind of streamline and, you know, be a little you know better about uh, our carbon footprint where we can kind of keep things a little more, uh, you know, consistent. And not only that, but then, you know, yeah, no restaurants cooking a brand new menu every single night. So that makes our, our food and our, our, our products a lot better too when we're kind of fine tuning things as the months go on. But uh, yeah, we still keep it fresh and keep it exciting. Um, you know, we, we kind of specialize in those dietary concerns. My, my personal background, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease uh, at like age 15, which is an inflammatory bowel disease that really, uh, it's really affected by what you put in your body and the foods and, and things you eat. So that's really what we uh, and me personally have really been kind of keyed in on and focused on not only in my personal life, but also with the brand and, and the business. We do a lot of work with that community and kind of specialize with, you know, celiac disease and other, you know, other similar diseases where food uh, and, and allergies and restrictions play a part in people's everyday lives. What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, man, that's, that's like the number one question <laughs> anyone asks, whether it's here or on the dating sites. Oh, it's, like, it's like saying, what's your favorite exercise? Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, really, I mean, it changes with, you know, the season, but I think our, uh, our signature item is sourdough bread. So, uh, Seth and I have been baking sourdough for longer than the business has been around probably seven or eight years. We started baking bread. We have a starter that we've, you know, uh, cultured throughout the years and handed out and, and given out to people. Um, but we've really found that in every culture, across the world, you know, almost every meal starts with some form of breaking bread or, or naan or something. And uh, that is our signature item. We start every dinner, brunch, event we do in some fashion with a sourdough bread board. Um, and that in itself has taken its own life where, you know, even people with, you know, gluten intolerances, we found that this long fermentation sourdough bread, uh, people can tolerate it and their bodies can tolerate, it. obviously, you know, everything in moderation. And, but we've really encouraged people to, um, you know, you know, be more, uh, attentive to, you know, the things they buy in the store. Of course, you know, not everyone has access to a farmer's market, but thankfully nowadays with, you know, more local shops and bakeries, you know, there are, you know, ways to source, you know, local bread. And it is a lot healthier than some of the store-bought bread that has a lot of stabilizers and other things in it. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're always big proponents of, you know, carbs and eating bread. I know a lot of people are like, no, bread is bad, bread is bad. But if you have good, high-quality bread, you know, it can be a staple in your diet. I don't think I've ever eaten sourdough in any type of moderation. Uh, yeah, good. as you shouldn't, as you shouldn't. Yeah, I had a whole loaf. Nice. Really yeah. So that really has been our uh, our signature item. So much that during the pandemic, obviously, you know, we weren't going into anyone's homes, but thankfully, you know, not coming from a restaurant world, our, our overhead was pretty low, so we were able to kind of stay afloat. Uh, so much that 
we were uh, grateful enough to take over a closed restaurant space in Fulton Market that had a, a big stand mixer and ovens. And so we started baking bread in, in large quantities for the first time ever uh, and then giving that bread away to frontline workers, hospitality workers, uh, again, just to give back and, and being thankful for the opportunity that even as a small business, like, you know, we, we, we felt we were going to be okay, but we wanted to do our part to, uh, you know, provide to the community and really just stay connected. So, you know, we were giving away bread. We started doing some kind of meal kits, uh, which also led to uh, a sourdough pizza project um, that really just was a pivot. And now um, it's still a work in progress, but the pizza is available at a restaurant bar in Wrigleyville. That's now kind of also our prep kitchen. Um, but that's been getting a lot of good press. Food Network did a big segment on us on one of their shows. So as we grow the business, not only do we want to continue, obviously, do the private dinners and the corporate events, but now, um, you know, hopefully having this product that you can get out of uh, a restaurant called HVAC Pub in Wrigleyville. Um, and then, you know, maybe someday down the road. Um, again, I, I still, even five years in, don't have an aspiration to run my own restaurant, but more so, I think the goal for us would be our own you know, creative event space, kind of like you guys have here that, you know, it's a prep kitchen, but it's also uh, a place we can host events and, and, and connect with the community. And then maybe, you know, out the side door, you know, run a pizza project or something like that too. That'd be cool. Yeah. A nice walk up sour. For sure. Pizza Absolutely. Yeah. Little event space. That's right. I'd hit that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, what, when you guys, when you guys are done with the events, walk us through the... Oh, right, right. So uh, I think, I think the this. big thing that people don't realize also is how much we, we clean also. So we're doing six course dinners, you that's know, full service, full service you know, that's, you know, magical you know, you know, 10, let's say 10 guests, six courses, that's at least 60 uh, plates and bowls and whatnot, you know, so... We are constantly doing dishes, cleaning, scrubbing down the stove, uh, and, and for the most part, you know, it's cleaner than we arrive. And I think, <laughs> I think that's really, you know, obviously that's part of the service side of it. We want, you know, clients not only to be, you know, fed, but also like feeling, you know, like, you know, we did all the work for them. It's full service. Uh, and, you know, after that, then we'll, uh, we'll check in with, you know, the clients and, you know, maybe, you know, ask feedback about favorite courses or, you know, any, any things they liked or didn't like. Uh, but then internally, yeah, after like the weekend's done, we'll, we'll get together as a crew and kind of go through, you know, the evening's events and, and check in. Cause again, when we're doing multiple events, uh, we may not, you know, see each other until like the next morning or whatever. So we kind of go through the, the highs and lows and share, you know, good stories, bad stories, crazy clients, you know, dishes that worked, <laughs> you know, cramped spaces. That's a, that's a thing that we, uh, a challenge, but also like a fun challenge we deal with is unlike a restaurant kitchen, we're, we're in an Airbnb kitchen every other night or a different kitchen. So, um, you know, we're constantly adapting. There's things that go wrong. There's, you know, houses that we've been in that, you know, just, the oven's not adequate or there's things that happen. So for us, you know, these are all things that, you know, behind the scenes, the client really doesn't notice more times than not. Cause we, you know, we just adapt and, 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 you know, make it work no matter what, but usually by, yeah, by Monday after the weekend's done, we'll get together and, you know, either have a, have a beer or something and kind of just like decompress together. 
Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's just uh, then we'll regroup and get ready to do it all again. I think one of the most interesting things when you're running an event like that is like the client doesn't really know something's going wrong necessarily unless you like call attention to it. Yeah, I mean, and things have happened. I mean, we've had disposals like break <laughs> or I think literally one like fell through like they were having problems doing some construction and didn't tell us and we hit the disposal button and just like literally fell through the bottom of the sink. <laughs> we've had ovens like not work in communal spaces at like these high rises and stuff like that. So sometimes, yeah, you know, things will go wrong that we'll, we'll have to troubleshoot on the fly. But, you know, that's our goal at the end of an experience is that, you know, the client, you know, it's seamless to them on their end. And, you know, it's up to us to make it the best experience and kind of minimize any of those, you know, those little mishaps. I like, uh, the, the people listening to this can't see it, but you guys both have sweet, full <laughs> knife tats. Yeah, let's talk about the tat. Yeah. Seth just popped hey. in, so what's yeah, up, man? Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Nice to meet you too. How's it going? You guys got sleeves on opposite sides. And yeah. sweet I'm a, I'm a lefty. Knives. I'm a lefty. He's a righty. Nice. Okay. Yeah, explain the tats. Well, let's start with the knives. Are those the, the same sweet. for both of you guys? Yeah, uh, they're similar, but not exactly the same. They're kind of, I guess, milestones sure. in the business. This was one of my first chef's knives yeah. here. That was, I guess, Ryan's, and then these two on our inner forearms were kind of a, like a three-year milestone into the business. Um, so I guess just different fun parts of uh, our career here. So what's next, the bicep and the tricep? Oh, yeah, this uh, is oh, brand new. Oh, that looks new. That's about oh, yeah. a week old. Oh, that's nice. So that's the first kind that's of, right. I'm going with a food motif, I think, <laughs> on this arm. This is just for my lab work. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm a little late, so this is nothing, but... Um, yeah, so this arm's a work in progress. So nice. this is the, the freshest. It's a so nice. give us the sleeve breakdown on the other oh, side. Um, let's. I've got a Chicago skyline here, a geometric sun, a falcon. It's kind of a, let's call it a circle of life motif. <laughs> I don't know how else to summarize yeah. it. Less than like, you know, 10 minutes of explanation. But um, yeah, it was basically just things that inspired uh, me from having lived here for the past almost 20 years now. Um, and you know, I thought it would look cool (laughs) (laughs) for nothing more than that. We need uh, barbell tats. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And for me, I mean, obviously being longtime best friends, obviously there's a huge competitive nature to us too. I, (laughs) I got the, I got the first tattoo, which was uh, a Chicago flag kind of skyline to symbolize some of, uh, some of my health background at uh, the University of Chicago Hospital. Uh, And then from there, I just went like full half sleeve with this lion Indian headdress that kind of goes up on my shoulder. And that really, that was kind of to commemorate uh, my former career as a therapist, as a, a lion would protect their cubs from harm as similarly an Indian chief would protect their tribe. Uh, I kind of paired those two together. Uh, Like I said, my my father is uh, a fire chief now. So kind of all those those, uh, things kind of wrapped in one. I I had this vision without any uh, kind of drawing in mind, went to an artist and he drew it up and like I fell in love with it. And then from there, uh, we just, I just kept going. So I have, uh, there's, I, so I had this land animal of a lion. Then I went with an owl. I have a musky fish on my other forearm. Uh, we went to Thailand about five years ago and ate scorpions. So I had this weird spot where I have a scorpion. 
Uh, so I got all the animals covered. Um, I don't know. I'm itching for more. I don't know exactly what I'll do. I might. I might keep this one a little more bare. I like the yin and the yang of it. Uh, the, my latest one was uh, a wolf on my that's hand, sick. and that's kind of to commemorate uh, just kind of my life uh, with Crohn's disease. You know, I like kind of like a a lone wolf, as you will. Obviously, uh, I'm, I'm really connected with the health community and trying to be an advocate, not only in person, but on my Instagram about having a healthy life with a chronic illness. But at the same time, you know, you're still, there's an internal struggle that only you can go through. You know, obviously I have an immense support system with my family and, and Seth uh, through all the years and surgeries and things that I've had. But at the same time, there's always going to be this like personal internal fight that I'm going through with my own disease. I like the, the storytelling ability of tattoos. It's cool. Yeah, it's great. And, it's you know, people people love them, people hate them, but it's, it's our bodies and our choice and all these things. But it's really just like our food and a way to express ourselves. And, and it's a, you know, as much as I've been through pain in my life. This is a way to, you know, it's a, a healthy pain for me, you know, sitting for six hours under, a, you know, a tattoo needle, but it's something that is uh, a part of me and it's, it's a part of my personality and Seth's as well. And, and yeah, it looks cool, I guess, at the end of the day, maybe. I don't know. When is a scorpion making it onto a dinner menu? Uh, that's a good question. Well, Seth, you were just in Mexico City and ate some some insects. Scorpion might be a little hard to source <laughs> in the Midwest, scorpion. but uh, they have yeah. in El Salvador. <laughs> Maybe we go down to Arizona. <laughs> like that's yeah. one of the states we haven't cooked in yet. We've cooked in. We go back to Southeast Asia. Yeah. Maybe people will eat them there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed to trying everything once, but yeah. selling a client on it a little, little more difficult. What are some of the food staples and um, ideas around food that you find helpful for Crohn's? Um, for those that are either have that or any other sort of sure, I mean, you know, the first like thing is is just, you know, especially with social media and all the stuff on the internet, just you know, things that you see. Just I, I you know, consult a professional, consult a dietitian. You know, unfortunately, twenty years ago when I was first diagnosed. You know, it was meds, meds, meds. It was never thought about like your lifestyle and your, you know, if you're, you know, how active you are. Or, you know, if the last thing I ever was talked about was the food that you put in your body, which kind of astounded me. And, and it kind of helped develop new dude food as we progressed. Um, but ultimately, that's the number one thing is every, every body is different. Everyone reacts differently. Um, you know, but things that I've learned, you know, over the years is, you know, again, kind of going back to how we live the new dude food lifestyle is like sourcing high starting with high ingredient high, you know uh high value locally sourced ingredients even as simple as like a carrot or some produce from the farmer's market versus something that's been you know on a store shelf for who knows how long it's just going to have a lot more nutrients in it to start with uh and then from there you know you know personally i don't eat a lot of raw vegetables or a lot of like roughage because it's just hard for me to digest. And I think that's pretty common with people with IBD. Um, but, but simply, you know, again, treating things, you know, simply. So, you know, cooking or roasting vegetables, making things into purees that it's already kind of broken down a little bit that your body still can digest it, but also still get those nutrients. It's kind of been a big thing, not only for, uh, for me with Crohn's, but also 
with, you know, new dude foods menu, you know, we'll, we'll often swap in vegetables, uh, you know, like I said, like a carrot puree or, you know, celery root versus like a potato or something that has more nutrients in it. But at the same time, um, it's not something drastic that we're serving at a dinner that people are like, oh, this is, this is health food. This is how oh, this is, this is going to taste good because this is just going to be healthy and raw. Um, so we try to incorporate a lot of those things into our menus as well. You know, definitely seasonally things, you know, things that you can, you can get at the farmer's market. Um, you know, outside of that, I'm, I'm huge and, and, and you guys as well, I'm sure as athletes just getting, you know, staying hydrated. So I'm, I'm huge on just like whether it's like a, a liquid IV packet or, you know, things like that to keep me hydrated and, and fueled throughout the day, you know, small meals, you know, every couple hours versus, you know, just, you know, you know, fasting all day and then binging at night. And, you know, then it just, it doesn't work out for me personally. So, yeah. Uh, Seth, uh, do you play music during your guys' events? Uh, I've been asked to, it rarely happens anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't often sing anymore. I kind of went from singing almost every day of my life to really more cooking every day of my life now, which is, which is fine. And that's, I think a point in my life I was ready for, but yeah, once the story comes out about my musical past, it's not uncommon for a guest to ask. Take their guitar out. Sing, yeah. You know, it's, it's like any other muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so it's just a little out of practice. So I can still sing maybe better than the average person, let's say, but I'm a shadow of my former <laughs> musical self, and it would take some significant rehab to get back to that. <laughs> or so. in some liquid encouragement, you know. It's, it's been, uh, it's been yeah. known, uh, you know, yeah. All right, you know, one or two beers, I mean. You know. <laughs> uh, it doesn't happen often, but it has before. Sure. That's cool. We, I think it would be super fun to do an event that was like cross some fitness, some food, some entertainment. Totally, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was always curious about that because we're always like looking to try and make some events just kind of interesting and unique and obviously we don't get any like random asks for stuff like that but I always feel like um, the guest when you are putting on an event like that or when you are leading a group like really I think is attracted and drawn to everybody's individual talents like especially when there are two of you um, I, I found that when we're either hosting or leading something that like the more kind of human side comes out of it, which I think is really cool. And I respect a lot that talk about your Crohn's. Mm -hmm. You guys also have backgrounds that are very different from food. I think those things make for a very attractive offering when people come into something because they're like, Oh, these guys have a super interesting story and everybody has a unique background and that helps you connect and really like I think elevates the experience to watch kind of some of that on display. Like I'm sure that sets you guys apart from other chefs that are coming in that are a little quieter and kind of don't have a little bit of an edge or a story behind it. They have their shirts on <laughs> so you get the extra added benefit from that. But I think that's really cool to just like, I think offer that up and have people kind of know that about you guys when you're, when you're cooking and when you're hosting an event. Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right on. I, th I think, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, you throw us on the line in a restaurant, we would get our ass kicked, you know. But, <laughs> but that, again, that's not when we developed the brand, what we kind of, we didn't want to strive for turning over tables and putting out 300 plus, you know, 
dishes a night or whatever it may be. It really want we really wanted the focus to be on these small groups. And you know, we we don't take on huge catering gigs. We're not, you know, cooking big weddings. We we really want to keep it ideally between 10 to 20 to 25 people because, you know, bigger than that then it's hard to connect with with the group that you're serving but also then you know getting food at its highest quality out from the kitchen gets a little harder um but but like i said earlier when we have a smaller group you know you have our undivided attention we're there you know for the duration of the the dinner uh and it gives us an opportunity not only to serve each and every client but then also to to share our story but then hear you know their story too whether it's a corporate event, a bachelorette party. You know, we want to we want to make every guest feel special, and we're just not able to do that with a large group, and, and nor do we want to. And I would imagine with you guys too. You know, having a small a small fitness or doing one on one sessions or a small group, uh, it just it's way more uh, personable. And we we found by keeping it small like that, you know, it's the best way uh, to to get recurring clients. And we've had clients. I think we cooked for a client like the fifth time, you know, in the last month. Uh, and, and those are the best kind of referrals where friends tell friends or they see some stuff on Instagram and see, you know, you know, a ta- us tagged in something. Uh, but I would say that's the biggest thing for us is we're just, we're just real. And we're, what you see in person is what you see on Instagram and you meet us in person. And we try to convey that for our events as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one one question we love asking everybody is um, our motto, which once you guys we're done here, we're going to sign the best day ever wall, uh, is to have the best day ever every single day. Uh, we live and breathe that through taking things that are difficult and making them a learning, uh, making events you know feel the way they should, and just taking on opportunities. So you guys can answer this separately, <laughs> but if you were to wake up tomorrow, do whatever you want, what does your guys' best day ever look like? Oh, man. Mine's probably full of food and extreme sports. Uh, <laughs> Let's get started. Yeah. Skydiving to start, uh, maybe before breakfast. Uh, I don't eat a lot for breakfast anyway, so we'll maybe wait till lunch. Um, kind of an avid indoor rock climber, snowboarded for 25 years, took up kiteboarding on Lake Michigan a few years ago. That's a work in progress oh, still. We got we to gotta do that this <laughs> summer. Um, would, yeah, I would love to chat with you about it. I'd, I'd kind of be kind of doing things that I do normally uh, anyway, which is awesome, which our business and, and our lifestyle allows us to do. Um, you know, we could throw in uh, tacos are great. Uh, <laughs> Asian fare, whether it's Thai, Chinese. I mean, we, I don't know, food, I could go a million ways on it. But I guess for me to sum it up full of good food and some fun activities. Love nice. That. that sounds great. Yeah, I, uh, I would say similar I, I'm not into the extreme, extreme sports. Uh, I don't like roller coasters. I don't want to skydive. I mean, I would do it. Uh, I think my first, like, roller coaster was when I was a, a, a therapist. There was, you know, like a, a 10-year-old girl that was – we were at Six Flags, and she was not scared of going on a roller coaster, and I had to, like, suck it <laughs> you up. You yourself And act it. like I was cool with it, and I did it, and it was okay. But I'm like, nah, I'm okay with yeah. that. But I, uh, I, I like to ride motorcycles, so I think I'm – so we're – you know, maybe a month away from riding season. So let's say tomorrow was 60 degrees. I would, I really like, um, kind of just the solitude of just being on the open road. I know it seems cliche, but, um, my, my goal at some point, hopefully soon would be, 
uh, to take like a three day. I know we're the best day ever, but even just riding up along like Michigan through uh, like the north suburbs along the kind of the historic Sheridan Road. I, that's kind of my off day. Uh, Activity of choice. What do you ride? Uh, I have uh, actually, it's a, a 97, so it's an older Honda Shadow, so a, like a cruiser style, kind of like a Harley style, but I bought it like 10 years ago. It's got original like white wall tires, it's pretty stock, but I just, I kind of like the, the old school look of it. And uh, yeah, it's, I've been riding it for like 15 years, but it's just something that brings me a lot of joy, whether I'm by myself or I have a couple friends that will ride, but more times than not, it's just my own way to kind of be in my own head and be out in nature. Um, tacos obviously sound good after that, but you know, things that we've been, you know, <clears throat> both Seth and I have been trying to have a little more balance as we grow too. Like we, we love to camp. So every year we, we go up to like the state park in Michigan along Lake Michigan on the other side, go to these rustic campsites and things like that. So that's something that, um, we never get enough time off to do and just disconnect and have our phones away from us and things like that. Cooking outside over an open fire is, is always fun and challenging. Uh, yeah, so I think that would be kind of my best my best day ever. <laughs> Oddly and funny enough, our slogan uh, is eat well, feel sexy. Love it. Uh, it's on Love the back it. of our, our new food vehicle. Uh, meaning just, yeah, like, again, not having to sacrifice flavor and cutting out all these foods uh, to leave yourself feeling good. So, you know, if we're cooking a dinner for you, you know, we, the goal is to leave you feeling sexy and, and, and not have all these, you know, GI issues and where you go out to like a restaurant and it's super heavy, rich food. And then it's like, well, I can't go out afterwards because I'm so full. You know, it's it's kind of just a progressive, you know, small course meals and, you know, you're still ready to go after that. So, yeah, eat well, feel sexy. I love it. That's so good. Uh, what's on the menu right now for you guys? Menu-wise, so we almost always start with our homemade sourdough bread. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. House-made pickles. Um, you can add cheese and charcuterie if you'd like. Ooh, love um, good charcuterie. Yeah, board. There's a, a, a mushroom bisque, which has no cream. It's actually vegan with some smoked oyster mushrooms. There's a roasted beet dish. There's a Brussels sprout salad on the menu, a scallop gratin, uh, angel hair pasta with some kind of chili poached prawns. Uh, mains this season are uh, kind of a uh, coconut braised chicken dish and a braised short rib dish as well. Um, we're about two months plus into this menu, and I think we're already looking forward to spring. Spring is kind of one of, uh, at least my favorite season. I think Ryan would agree, where just everything is kind of coming yeah. up out of the ground, new life. It's just fun and exciting seeing all the green and, and the food kind of takes on that same light where it's kind of just a nice, lighter fresher way to eat than you know after winter dishes typically are a little heavier a little which is fine and we like to eat seasonally as well but yeah the springtime is fun for us because it's just kind of a nice revival of all things any Coming ideas on, you for know the, food for the spring menu i think we just started talking yesterday yeah. that we need to get some food. <laughs> okay <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow-up yeah. episode yeah. over yeah. over dinner yeah, with over that dinner. that's right yeah. absolutely taste the menu yeah. and make absolutely sure that it's yeah let's make sure before you guys are going out with that. absolutely yeah. maybe you guys can come to the the menu tasting for yeah sure. we kind of test run some things yeah. that'd be awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah those are the best part of getting married was like the <laughs> 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 going to five different spots yeah 
Awesome. I like this. I need to try something else. That's right. <laughs> uh, so where can people find out about about you guys? I know that you guys mentioned like you've been going. You guys go all over the country. You're expanding to different spaces. Um, so where can people find out about you? And like, if somebody's in California sure. that wants to get involved with you guys, like, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, luckily, again, through power social media and the internet, the easiest way. Uh, is through Instagram at New Dude Food. Obviously, we have a website under the same name, Facebook as well, but we're most active on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so most of our inquiries come in either through the website or Instagram. Um, we are based in Chicago. We're actually launching in Nashville uh, this summer, so we're going to also have a team down in Nashville. Uh, you know, we mentioned before we do a lot of bachelorette parties. I don't know why, maybe because we're, we're shirtless. <laughs> Uh, but it's part of the business and it's, it's a part of the brand that we want to further develop and run with. So naturally, Nashville, I think right now is like the, the bachelorette capital of the world. Who knows? But so we're going to have Nashville teams uh, as soon as as summer available. Um, but yeah, like I said, last weekend we were in, we were in Philly for a dinner. Um, we haven't been traveling as much over the last year or two because of COVID, but we hope to... Uh, you know, do a little more travel as the summer gets near. But also, even if we stay in Chicago, as we grow as a team, we have we're constantly looking for for more chefs and for more guys that uh, we can kind of divide and conquer and do multiple dinners here in Chicago. Or you know, we're always around the Bend and Michigan City and Michigan, all the kind of the surrounding little states, Lake Geneva. We're always you know on the go. So even if we're not located in your state, you know, shoot us an email or reach out to us on Instagram, and we'll try to make something work. Cool, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys could give any like final bit of advice around food, you talked a lot about local and keeping things seasonal. Uh, just for the average kind of at home cook, what would you what would you say for somebody that just wants to cook their own food? What would be some staples for them to start looking into? Fresh vegetables, a good quality sourdough bread goes a long way. <laughs> kind of replacing some of the store bought. BS that's everywhere um, I think goes a long way and just kind of using your palate and exploring what you like Um, don't be afraid to try something you haven't seen before or something you haven't heard of just we use food as kind of an exploration and a creative outlet I understand that it's not like that for everybody but I implore people to kind of think creatively with food or kind of go towards what you like and don't be afraid to explore a little bit I guess yeah. would be my advice. That would, I can't put it any better. So that's exactly what I feel sexy. Said. Doing yeah. It, so. yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I think just Cook without clothes on. You know, <laughs> whether it's, you know, the, the produce or olive oil or whatever you're using, it's just it, high quality ingredients. Starting, you know, with high quality ingredients, you know, you set yourself up success from the get go versus, you know, buying something that just you know has been on a shelf for who knows how long and things like that so do you have any really, spots in chicago that you guys like for like meats or um obviously the farmer's market but like when it's not farmer's market season is there any any spots like for the local chicago listeners that you guys like to frequent? yeah i think probably right now especially since it's not farmer's market season um local foods is a big one for us uh, it's over on elston north of north avenue um, but imagine a grocery store full of farmers market things in, in, in very like small business. And I think uh, what's what's the butcher and there's a butcher and larder that's yeah. in there. So there's a butcher in there. 
Um, there's a little cafe. They have local beers, local wines, you know, everything you could imagine. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's literally local foods is the name awesome. of it, but it's a grocery store open to the public. Um, we'll source stuff from there. If we have a big enough order, we can get like boxes or bigger quantities of things, but uh, it's it's definitely open to the public. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Cool. I've actually yeah. never been in there. Seen yeah. It yeah. It's kind of out of the way. You'd miss it if you didn't know it was there, but it's there. Asian markets, yeah. uh, Jungbu Market is amazing. They have a ton of stuff. It's really cheap um, or inexpensive. I don't want to say cheap because there's sometimes a negative sure. association when it comes to ingredients. But that, H Mart, uh, and the West Loop is an awesome place. We, we like cooking with Asian ingredients just because it's an easy way to add a, a lot of flavor. Um, so Asian markets are fun. Um, even, I mean... Thankfully, even some of the smaller mom and pop grocery stores, I know there's, I think it's a fresh market on Western, like it's just south of Fullerton, even like a small grocery store like that is selling like uh, local meat from like Slago Farms and stuff. So even some of the smaller stores are starting to, I think, come come on board with this local food movement, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, don't be afraid to check in um, even the store right down the block from you. can't you know find what you're looking for so what do you where do you guys source your seafood from just curious we uh a few different places sometimes from a wholesaler called wabash seafood they are in uh oh, where like is west it? Town, park maybe, almost yeah. uh it's it's mostly wholesale but i think they will sell to retail customers as well honestly whole foods has pretty good quality seafood um and it's consistent yeah um so we often if we have to get something small, we'll uh, go to the fish counter at Whole Foods. just seems yeah, to be a little great. better than Mariano's or Jewel um, quality-wise. Um, we have a meat wholesaler in uh, the West Loop, too, but that is also, I think, unfortunately, only open to uh, the big dogs. <laughs> the big dogs, even though our quantity is small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, there are a lot of options. And, of course, yeah, farmer's markets in the summer, which we totally touched yeah, on, I'm sure, best. a bunch, but... Yeah, that's huge. I just, I don't know, like, something I would really like to do over the summer is, like, start exploring more of those food options. I'm just, like, the laziest sourcer <laughs> of stuff. Well, hang well, out. Well, now, yeah, and not only us, but also this. then, you know, a lot of, especially during COVID, a lot of these farms and companies have started these, like, farm boxes. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, like, you know, Instacart and all these things, you can you could get a, a box of curated farmer's goods right to your door nowadays, yeah. too. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you guys so much for uh, for being here, for chatting. There's going to be a lot, I feel, of <laughs> collaboration here, some sweet events we can throw um, and do some, like, workout and food stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's just so much. My, my head is spinning. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much. And I think for what you guys are doing, it's just really special to see people that are so focused on quality um, in regards to everything, specifically food and how much it can nourish us. And your guys' stories are great. We resonate because it's just so similar how you guys kind of started with just a passion and didn't really have a full background in it. And Jason had Jason and I had the same thing with fitness. We just decided to start doing it. Um, so thank you guys so much for being here and uh, have the best day ever. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Guys. I appreciate you guys.